We only published episode 5, I'd Rather Be a Buddhist in Denial, a couple of days ago, but there's been a furor around Samantha Bee's infamous comment about Ivanka Trump, and she's just issued an apology about it. Naturally, my co-host Joe Rayola, a comedian and satirist deeply concerned with language and free speech, had a lot he wanted to say while the issue is hot. So here's episode 6, What Samantha Bee Said. Caution, this being a conversation about taboo words, there are taboo words ahead. I'm Rodmeet Sperry, and this is After the Laundry, The Misery. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. You're really good. Why are you really good? Um, I'm doing what I love, producing a show. We have our Positively Bob Dylan 77th birthday tribute at City Winery here in New York on Monday night. I'm preparing for a performance in Great Falls, Montana next week before a 12-night, 13-day wilderness journey along the Milk River in Alberta, Canada. Beautiful. What, what do I not have to be happy about? How are you? I'm okay. I'm fine. What do you not have to be happy about? I mean, that's a rich question. But let's stick with what makes you happy. I'm fine, and I'm glad that you're happy. That's really wonderful. It's a bunch of good stuff. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. Good. Uh, Do you want to talk about any of those things, or do you you want want to jump into this other subject? I I think we dive right into Samantha B. Well, that sounds terrible. Wait a minute. (laughs) It certainly certainly does. That did not come across the way I intended it to. (laughs) I love this Samantha B story. I just love it. It's so much in my wheelhouse. Language, words, forbidden words, how people respond to words, controversy, the First Amendment. I love it. A juicy, juicy story, don't you think? I don't have the same feelings about it that that I think you have. Well, that I know you have. I think that you see it as black and white in one direction, and I see it as not so black and white and in another direction. I'm just not particularly passionate about it, but we should actually, we should actually recap here for somebody who's listening to this and doesn't know what the Samantha B story is. Would you like to? And well, I'll, I'll, before you start, I don't know what Joe is going to say right now, <laughs> but it could include a word that will make you angry. Oh, that's, yes, yes. So uh, I'll just say that, and uh, apologies for Joe and his terrible, terrible mouth. (laughs) Well, you know, the thing about me, I've been performing a long time. I use words uh, all the time that I don't use in my social life. And by the way, I use words, I've been using the word nigger in my act for many years. I'm one of the few white comedians who does. And you know what? I stand by it. And I've, and I've gotten a wonderful response because I, I'm very careful about how I use words. I don't censor myself in the show that is about free, free speech. And I don't use words in a pejorative sense. But when I'm talking about my, one of my comedy heroes, Dick Gregory, say, who called his first book Nigger. And, right. his, and his mom went to him and said, why did you? call your book that word and he said well mom now whenever some racist uses the word they'll be promoting my book (laughs) right okay i use the word yeah so i i 
I use words in context all the time. I've long been uh, interested in the words nigger and the word cunt and how they're used and who's allowed to use them and when they're allowed to be used. So this Samantha B story is one of great interest to me. Sure. And I'm a fan of hers. I like her. I've liked her for a long time. But she strikes me now as confused. Uh, and that's, a, that's a, another place where I think that you and I differ. I think that you want her to not be confused. And I think there's no rush for her to not be confused. I think it's completely okay for her to be confused. And I think that, well, I, you know what? We're actually skipping ahead. We still haven't provided the brief recap of what we're talking about. Well, I wonder if it's possible that anyone could be listening to us and not know. But the short story is that on her television show about a week ago, um, Samantha Bee referred to Ivanka Trump as a feckless cunt. And she and she did this at the end of a, um, I'm going to call it a brief rant uh, regarding um, American Im immigration policy, which is separating parents from children at the border. It's something that she feels very passionate about. And she was upset with the president's daughter for not doing more about this. And she ended her rant by calling, calling her that. Calling her that. But listen, uh, to be clear, it sounds like you and I agree. It's, you're actually uh, reflecting one of the things that I think. She is confused. And, and it would be nice, I wish, for her to sort it out. Yeah, yes, but but I guess my point is is that who cares when and how she sorts it out so long as she does? What I mean, I think that she's in the process of sorting it out, and the fact that she still appears to be confused to us from afar doesn't mean that she's not putting a lot of time and thought and uh, reflection into this period and thinking about how to be skillful. That. I just think, you know, one of the things I think I might have said to you or to somebody when I was talking about this thing is, is that I consider her to be a, overall, just like you, a champion for the right things. And to my mind, she did mess up here uh, when she says she said that she's all, always wanted to reclaim the word. But here she used it in a way that was counter to that. Uh, and it was just insulting and rude. But I feel that she has apologized. I feel that like she understands what the mistake was. And she's also not backing down from the fact that as bad as that mistake was uh, or may have been, it's still ultimately a distraction from the main thing, which is she was trying to express outrage and she was punching up, not punching down. And I kind of have to give somebody credit when a they can apologize and b what they were apologizing for was being unskillful when punching up mm. well you and i see this very differently i think so. Um, first i would say that uh, from my from where i sit her apology lacked humility i did not believe her for much of it and i'll tell you what makes me very suspicious and what and what i like least about her uh, apology. It was, it was when she said, I should have known that a potty mouth insult would be inherently more interesting to them, meaning the press, than the juvenile immigration policy. See, this is also where you and I disagree because 
you're insisting that that statement is about the press. But well, what it she, is. I, well, I don't think so. The way that the AV Club summed it up, and I think that this is this mirrors my read, is that she regretted that she quote regretted the fact that the ginned up conservative outrage cycle assured that no one would pay attention to the Trump administration's wantonly cruel immigration policies toward children, which is what this segment in question was actually about, end quote. That was exactly my take on it, at least. Well, to me, that's a, very, that's a somewhat narrow view. She, she uses the pronoun them. Uh, I should have known a potty mouth insult would be more inherently interesting to them than juveniles immigration policy and she referred to the media i believe in her in her comments before that well what she said just to be clear she didn't use the phrase the media she said that she regretted contributing to the 24-hour news cycle in a negative way there you go so so um right she's responsible for that you know you know as 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 i wrote she she did not say something like i messed up totally I gave the media good reason to focus on my poor choice of words rather than the rather than the important issue that I wanted to talk about. See, I think she, she said exactly that. So you don't think that she is blaming the media for the response or the 24 hour news cycle? I think what she's saying is this was a miscalculation. I, first of all, used this word in a way that I shouldn't have used it because it was in a way that was, continues to be hurtful not in a positive, you know, possibly positive reclamation kind of way. But I think she was saying, I thought that this punching up and this outrage would be powerful. Instead, I just gave people, the media, everyone else, a new thing to be distracted by when what I was clearly trying to do is create a bunch of attention about this problem, about these children and this, this immigration situation. Mm, yeah. And I think she was saying, I, I fucked up. Uh, that's well, not what I wanted. Well, and I she, think she expressed regret. Well, I, I think that she's deflecting in this in this particular in, instance here. I, I think that she's saying at least part of the blame is the way people responded to her. And by the way, any comedian will tell you that the audience is never wrong um, in terms of the response that you get. So I, I don't I understand what you're say, saying here. And, 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 and by the way, I mean, if you pull it back even further. You think about this for a moment. Unlike Rose, Roseanne Barr, who I believe is, you know, crazy and was up at two o'clock in the morning just tweeting whatever comes into her head. Th this whole thing that Samantha B said, it was written. It was sculpted. There was a team of writers. There was a producer. It was loaded into a teleprompter and read. A bunch of people thought that was a good idea. And if you read that script, and I've read it a bunch, there is not a single joke in it. And I just wonder how anyone on that team, and I put myself in the team because I've spent 30 years plus on a comedy writing team, how anyone on that team could have thought that that was a good idea to end a, a passionate segment on this very important issue with that and not think that that was going to be the story. It is shockingly clueless shockingly from a pure comedy writing point of view i'm not talking about the politics of it at all i'm just saying my god that is bad writing if you're in a team that team kind of has a can get sort of at times sort of insular 
You can be taken away by the idea that you've all hatched together. So I think that that's partially, can be partially to blame. You know, that doesn't make it okay, but it it kind of could explain it. Sure, sure. Uh, But I, you know, I also think that I, I kind of feel like when people all in all are doing good work, and I think you and I both feel that all in all she's doing good work. You said so, I'm saying so. You know, I think that your complaint is she seems to be getting a pass here. And I think that partially she's getting a pass because she's earned a pass. She's always been standing up for uh, the victim and she's always punched up and never punched down. And here she did it poorly, but there's a track record wherein we can go, she just fucked up. Yeah, I I get it. But you know what? I'd like to be the member of the comedy uh, community that challenges her because I don't hear anybody doing that in the comedy world. I'd like to know where she is really. Do you want to reclaim the word cunt or not? Because there's a decidedly mixed message that she's sending regarding this. She said that she wants to reclaim it. She said that. And and. And she acknowledges that she used it as an insult. Well, obviously, if you're using it as an insult the way a misogynist would, you're not reclaiming it. But then in the next breath, she says, well, the problem is, again, now it's not about her. The problem is that many women out there have heard that word at the worst moment in their lives. I'm quoting her now. A lot of them don't want that word reclaimed. They want Uh it gone. They don't want it. They want it gone. And I don't blame them. Well, first of all, that's how many African-Americans feel about the word nigger. They've been hurt by it. They want it to disappear. They don't want it reclaimed. But there are many members of the African-American community who feel differently. They have reclaimed that word. They they use it as a term of affection or in song or on stage or, or whatever. And they've made it their word. So, you know, I don't know where Samantha B is on on this now. If she really wants to reclaim the word cunt. If she's serious about that, well, then that requires her to use the word. Just the, yes, way, Eve, but... just the way Eve Eve Ensler uses the word and just the way Sally Field used the word in that beautiful tweet that she put out. Did you see the Sally Field tweet? Yes. I mean, that was just perfectly played. Well, let's read the Sally Field uh, it, tweet. It, uh, she said, uh, Sally Field tweeted, I like Samantha B a lot. But she is flat wrong to call Ivanka a cunt. Cunts are powerful, beautiful, nurturing, and honest. That's yeah, I, someone reclaiming the word. Right. Samantha and B, I don't hear Samantha B doing that. I think you're putting a lot on Samantha B here because you're saying that she's saying the problem is that other women don't want the word to be reclaimed. Yes. I don't think she said that's the problem. I think she said that's what complicates it, which is a very different thing. And what I, the message that I took from her statement was that she was actually saying, I want to reclaim this word. I've always wanted to reclaim it. But I see now that, that maybe that's not doable in the way I wanted without hurting people. I, I did it in this way, and that wasn't right. I messed up. You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to say this. There's, there's for me, and, and I'll make this personal now. Please. The, 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 the place a comedian never wants to be, the, the, the comedian and the satirist always wants to avoid, is having to apologize for their own joke. When a comedian apologizes for the joke, and when the comedian basically says, 
I made a bad joke. I don't, I don't even stand by my joke. Then the comedian essentially throws himself or herself at the mercy of public opinion or the court or whatever it is. I was thinking about the first joke I ever told someone, which I regretted. The first joke I ever made that I was ashamed by. Mm-hmm. And it was in a social situation. Uh, I was a college student and there was a, a really nice woman who lived across the hall from me. Her name was Joan. I knew her casually. I thought she was very, very nice. I remember I was with her one, one, one day in a social setting and she made some comment about herself being fat or something. She made some comment about her weight. And I said to her, and I, I, I'm ashamed to even say this now. I said to her, you know, Joan, I've never, I've never really thought of you as fat. I've always thought of you as hefty. Okay. Right. When I said that to her, it was like, I, I, I put an arrow through her heart. I could see all the color flush out of her face. She was devastated. Naturally. You know, devastated. I made this horrific remark. I'm, I don't think of you as fat. I think of you as, 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 a, as, the, as the brand of a garbage bag. And she slumped away and she walked away. And I felt utterly filled with shame. Filled with shame. I never remember. It's the first joke I could think of that I ever told that I instantly regretted. And I, I did find my way back to her and I apologized and I, and I told her I really did like her, which was true. And, and, I, and I apologized. I gave her a sincere apology, which she accepted, but we were re- never really friends again after, after that. It is, it is a terrible thing to, 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 to tell a joke that you know really is hurtful and that you can't stand by. But, but let do, me you, tell you, do you I'm regret sorry. apologizing? No, I don't regret apologizing, but I'm saying this. That was a joke I needed to apologize for. But I've made many jokes that have offended people that I have not apologized for. Michelle Wolf did not apologize. Hooray for Michelle Wolf for not apologizing for the material that she did because she was able to stand by the satiric integrity of it. Samantha B can't do that now. Exactly. So, but right. see that, but that to me actually shows some level of humility and integrity on Samantha B's part because she is saying, "I can't stand by this. It well, didn't work. I apologize. It was off base. It was over the line, and it didn't serve what I was trying to do." But she didn't I, have a choice. Come on. Well, yeah. you're saying that she should that a comedian should stand by their joke. Well, no, I'm I'm not at all times. She had to apologize. Listen, there are several things working here. She may and uh, I take her at a word that she truly felt that she crossed the line here, but she couldn't have kept her job without uh, apologizing. So shouldn't she apologize anyway? Sure, she sure she. A, she should keep her job, and B, she should just apologize. Great, you can't hold that against her. I don't hold it against her, but but uh, you know, listen, we're in the uh, we we live in an interesting world now. We have uh, I, I and I admit that I'm doing something that I generally don't like. I'm being an apology evaluator, but but <laughs> I'm so uh, I'm 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 sorry. Uh, the the apology was kind of weak to the extent that, and again, I know we will agree to disagree on this, to the, to the extent that she's blaming the media to even any degree, to the, to, to, to the extent that she's sending these mixed messages about this. I, I mean, again, is she, is the problem is other women don't want her to reclaim the word? Reclaim the word or not. I, I really wish this for her. Please, please decide what this word is to you, whether you really want to reclaim it, whether you want to use it or not, because it's a very powerful word. 
and, and, oh. and, and, and it's a word that a lot of women grapple with and have been hurt by. And there are a lot of women out there who have reclaimed it and want to reclaim it and bristle at the way that she used it. And I don't know where she is on this now. I don't know where she is on it either. So why would right. I assume that she's not uh, making progress with her thinking on this? Well, hopefully I, you're right. Hopefully you're right. Hopefully you're right. I'm I mean, I think she's a very, very thoughtful person. And I think that, you know, we all fuck up. You fucked up. God knows I fuck up. Look, when you betray your own agenda, when you're going to lose your job and your advertisers, when you're going to lose the jobs of all the people who work for you, when you've changed the dialogue from what you want to something else, you have to apologize. She, she did the right thing in apologizing. She did, the only, she did the only thing. But I, it I, is the only the thing. Only, there's no other thing to do. Exactly. I, I say it's the only thing. She could have, would have, should have lost her job if she didn't uh, apologize. Listen, um, it's always an interesting thing to come, to come back to this to me about whether a comedian uh, apologizes or when. Larry David, uh, last, last year, did um, Holocaust jokes in his SNL monologue. Right. And he, he, he did a joke about, he, about being obsessed with women and how he, I don't remember the material exactly, but it was something like that he would even come on to a woman in a concentration camp. Yes. And, 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 and the joke really was, was really, was, the joke bombed and he was heavily criticized for it, but the joke really went back on him. You could argue that he was making fun of the Holocaust, making light of it, of the, of the Holocaust and the Nazi concentration camps and all that. But the joke was really on him. Yeah, it's about, I'm this despicable that even in this situation, I would do this. Please note, Larry David did not apologize for that joke. Yeah. See, that's, that always puts a comedian in a good place. When the comedian can stand by the material, it's when the, it's when the comedian can't. And then, and then what does the comedian actually uh, uh, apologize for? And there's a long history of this. I, I think you know this. I hope this is coming across. I'm, I'm rooting for Samantha B. We need Samantha B. Uh, and she and she can has the, the opportunity here to be a tremendously positive force, but I, I I do think that that clarity around this about about this word this has become the story, um um you know and that's what I would say to her. Sorry, your immigration thing. I know that's a big uh, story and important, and lives are being ruined and all that. And but this is not nothing. You've started another co conversation, and no, you're not in control about how the culture picks up on what you say this is now the story you've got to deal with this because it is important it's not nothing words and how we use them and words and how they're played in 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 the culture and i gotta tell you it really galls me that people have censored sally field here's sally field using using that word in a way that really reclaims the word and even then when news outlets reprint sally field's quote they censor the word. I mean, to me, that's, that is unforgivable. I actually do agree, but it's also completely consistent with how they normally would do things. Well, right? Trump says mm. shithole countries that becomes asshole countries. Not I mean, on CNN. CNN used shithole. Well, I, I think also we can say that, you know, you can say shit on one, one, one occurrence of The Walking Dead once a week like that's okay for standards and practices this other word is on a whole other level in terms of loadedness right 
shit has become well worn. <laughs> yes, indeed, in, indeed. But listen, I, I thought it was kind of like breakthrough in some bizarre way when when some of the new news outlets were were saying shit all day. Because, I agree. Right, because you need to quote what a person said, and 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 it's why I've always bristled when I performed. I I, I don't I don't like saying a hole or frickin' or C word or N word. If I want to use a word, I'm going to use it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dodge it and make you think of the word without actually saying it and let myself off the hook. Well, I admire that, but there's also, and I'm just saying this from everything I know about you. I don't know everything about you, but from everything <laughs> I do know about you, I know that you're using that word, whichever word we're talking about in any of those cases in a way that is, supposed to make us think about the usage of the word that is not about hurling the word at somebody to make them feel bad but instead to shine a light on shit how do we use this word correct that is absolutely correct that's very different one one of my favorite uh stand-up routines of all time is a routine called super nigger by richard richard Pryor. Pryor. now it is brilliant probably goes back to the early 70s Do do you know the bit I do, and I'm while you're talking, I'm going to look up to see what uh, what year that actually came out. You know, he's he's basically uh, noting that at the time there are no black superheroes really, and then expressing the the need or the want for a black superhero. And of course, in the racist culture that Richard Pryor lived in, the only even 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 a black man with superpowers would be considered a nigger, hence super nigger. Right. And, 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 and Richard Pryor, even though he later in his career stopped using that word, he needed that word then. That was the only word he could use then. That word served him, just, just like it served John Lennon when John Lennon wrote and sang Woman is Nigger of, of, of the World. That's and, right. by, and by the way, it was defended by the Congressional Black Caucus and Dick Gregory came to his defense. The, these, these words have power and they have meaning and how we use them matters. It really matters. And uh, there'll always be forbidden words or, or words that are inappropriate to use in certain places. And That's what I hope that we get to. When you say, well, there will always be forbidden words. I certainly hope not. I do hope that there are forbidden usages. Forbidden usages. So by the way, that, that record came out in 1982. Oh, really? Um, this getting back to Samantha B. I don't know Samantha. I have no axe to grind with her. I'm a fan. I wish her well. I, and, and more than anything else, I wish her illumination around this because she, because she has an opportunity to be a very positive force force here. I think. And again, as a writer, as a comedian, uh, this is important. It really is an, an an important thing. And and I greatly admire the way Sally Field responded to this, just to remind everyone that there's another approach here. I mean, she modeled it so beautifully. If I were Samantha B, I'd call Sally Field up and I'd have her on my show. Yeah. I would, I would start a conversation right there. There would be some real effect to that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, I just want to let people know who are listening that there's also a 
there's a piece um, that you wrote about this on your website, joereola.com. It's called Samantha B's Feckless Apology Deserves a C. You know, I may or may not agree with it, but I can't say that that's a bad title. That's one <laughs> hell of a title. Uh, and and by the way, um, I don't know if I've ever said this to you before, but I could be wrong. <laughs> okay, good. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Rod. Until next time, thanks for listening to After the Laundry, The Misery.